Hey, what's up, guys? We're here today. We're just going to answer a couple of the questions that you guys sent in to Adam, uh, starting off with Billy's question about the Raptors. Hey, Adam. Do you think there's any chance that the Raptors can come back against the Cavaliers? Thanks. Billy, that's a good question. I, uh, In my personal opinion, no. I think it's, it's a pretty cut and dry answer. Uh, the reasons, however, obviously a little more complicated. First of all, they lost both at home at the ACC. There's no way that they're going to go into Cleveland and, and win two games in Cleveland. It's not going to happen. And now they have to win at least three in Cleveland. Yeah, I was listening to Sports uh, Sportsnet this morning, and they said that, um, in their opinion, the Cavaliers players, other than LeBron, play better at home and don't play very well on the road. So for Cleveland to go into Toronto and win both games, clearly if they play better at home, then that means chances are they're going to put up at least a good fight, the Cavaliers, that is, at home. So for them, for Toronto to walk into Cleveland and win going to be interesting but I agree with Adam I don't think they'll come back I just see I don't see them taking four out of five from LeBron me neither and and the thing is I think their spirit was broken when they lost that overtime game in game one they were Mm -hmm. so close to closing that closing game one out and then they lost and then it got destroyed in game two I just I don't think that there's anything left in their tank as far as morale is concerned and, and energy and and focus so I think I think the Raptors are unfortunately saying that as a Canadian, you want to see the Raps do well. I just, I think it would take a miracle at this point. Thanks very much, Billy, for your question. Uh, that's, that's actually a decent question. Unfortunately, uh, not so much the answer you were probably looking for. Um, that said, let's move on. We have a, a comment here about Nicholas Backstrom from Ryan. Anybody see that great uh, pass? by Nicholas Backstrom the other night setting up uh, T.J. Oshie for a one-timer in the slot. What great patience that guy has. Great playmaker, too. Uh, Ovechkin on the other side looking for the one-timer. That's the go-to play, obviously. But then he flicks this quick little saucer pass over a stick to Oshie in the slot for a quick one-timer and a goal. Such tremendous patience and vision by a a world-class playmaker. Love watching Backstrom set things up for the Capitals. Hey, Ryan. Thanks for your question. Um, to be honest, I, I don't get a chance to watch a lot of Capitals or Penguins hockey for that matter, but, uh, we just took a look at that, uh, that goal and you are absolutely correct when you say Nicholas Backstrom is a, uh, a wizard as I'll put it. Um, the, the part that I find world class, yeah, yeah, world class is the way you put it, but I'll say he's a wizard. Um, I guess they're both equally endearing (laughs) terms. Uh, I think the part that I find crazy about it is, um, Obviously, like you said, everybody knows that they're going to Ovechkin, but the crazy part is that he saucer passed it over two penguin sticks and gets it to Oshi directly on his tape of his stick. And short. Like it's yeah, exactly. it's one thing to saucer pass something. I don't for those of you that who have not played hockey, um, or even those who have, for that matter, um, a saucer pass is much easier the more distance you have mm-hmm. t- to saucer it over. That was a super short pass, maybe, what, six feet? Six or eight. Yeah. Nothing more so than that. Super short. Mm-hmm. So that that's what's impressive about it to me. Like, in, in tight, and you have to give credit there to Oshi as well. Oh, both players, for, for sure. For that quick release, because that 
with, without the quick release, like, what's the point? You have three oh. Penguins if, uh, if he holds, penalty killers standing around you. If he holds onto that puck for any longer than he does, basically a one-timer, if he holds it and tries to wrist shot or whatever, that puck's getting stolen or there's going to be two players in front of him and he's not going to get that shot through. 100%. So the only way that works is exactly how it turned out. Exactly. So. And, and Ovechkin sneaking around the back was an absolute distraction. You can see the defenseman... Uh, be, being a, a little distracted, looking at like where's Ovi, where's Ovi, yeah. making sure that he's in that shooting lane, not necessarily mm-hmm. the passing lane, but he makes sure that he's in the shooting lane. But I got to tell you that like that that little saucer pass in that short of a short of space is extremely impressive, even at that level. For sure. So we just got another call from uh, Doug, and thanks for your uh, question, Doug. You uh, have quite a bit to say about your clear team, the Boston Bruins. Hey Adam, just a question. You think it's really going to be Chara's last year for Boston? And what do you think? Are they going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Listen to your podcast on Game 3 with Boston and Tampa. Really cool. Um, but I disagree with both of you in a way about Marchand. He, he can be a bit of a dick, but... He, and you're right, he does have the skills, but but he was right that's with you there. They want him on his team. He gets under people's skin, and he's just doing his job, and he does it very, very well. Thanks, buddy. Talk to you later. Adam, what do you think? Uh, I don't... I don't know uh, the status of Chara off the top of my head. I'd have to look it, look it up. Uh, the guys, especially people of Chara's stature, they're, they're looking to retire all the time. They're looking to keep playing all the time. You know, I never know what's real, what's not real, what's fake news, hashtag Trump. I don't know. <laughs> I, I never know with that kind of crap. But I, I will tell you that I, I don't see Boston uh, winning the cup. I think they they don't seem to have their poop in a group. Uh, in this series against Tampa Bay at the moment. And if you can't get by Tampa Bay, you're for sure not going to beat Pittsburgh in the next round, which is probably who's going to come out of that that uh, series based on Washington's playoff history. Um, but even if they played Washington, I, I don't know if Boston can, can match Washington in a playoff seven-game head-to-head series so uh i don't think this is boston's year although they've they've really put in a lot of a lot of the effort and and i'm sorry to you and uh other boston fans like bill burr he's a big boston fan and that he is you know uh i really i'm sorry to say this but i i just i don't see it happening i i think that there's there's Two separate combinations of things that are going to happen in the finals. It's going to be Pittsburgh versus Winnipeg, or it's going to be Pittsburgh versus the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't see I don't see anybody else really coming out of the East, to be honest. Yeah, um, I think with Boston, what's going to be difficult for them is every remaining matchup they have. No matter which team gets through uh, Pittsburgh and Washington, that's a hard series for them. And then whoever comes out of the West, whether it be Winnipeg, Nashville, or the Golden Knights, I think those are all hard matchups for for Boston, and they're all for different reasons. So uh, no matter who they play, they're going to have a rough time. But if they, I think their best chance is if they get through Tampa early, which clearly isn't going to happen because that series is 2-2. 
Um, so it's probably going to go to seven, which means they're going to probably have a pretty rough time if they do get through with their next matchup. The other thing that I want to say is um, we, we both respect your point on Brad Marchand. Now, the one thing I will say as a, I guess, final rebuttal is through the first 10 games of the playoffs, so the, the full seven games against the Leafs and the first three against Tampa, Brad Marchand had one minor penalty, and that's it. So I don't know if that's good on Brad Marchand or, or just terrible on the officiating. Exactly, terrible <laughs> on the officiating. And most Boston fans can fairly say that Brad Marchand is, like you said, a little bit of a dick. I think he's a lot bit of a dick. Yeah, I can. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I tried to be nice, but I think he's a lot bit of a dick as well. Yeah, I now don't, like he's just he doesn't. And, and just to clarify my point, because it sounds like you thought we were saying that, like that wasn't what his role was on the team, and it kind of is. But my point is, it fucking shouldn't be. And well, pardon my language, but it, seriously, the guy has so much skill he could be Crosby if he if he really buckled down, but. That's not the role they have him playing, and I think Boston and Marchand are both doing themselves a disservice by allowing him to be the role he is in. Well, I think Boston is also the only team that he has that role on. If he plays for Pittsburgh, he's probably just a talent player. Suddenly if he's he plays Kessel, right? Exactly, or if he plays for Washington, it's the same thing. It's just yeah. Boston has that type of style where they're always a little bit on the edge, always a little bit nasty or gritty or, or kind of But if you put Marshawn dickish, in, in T.J. Oshie's spot. Oh, yeah. Right? He, oh, he's yeah. a direct fit. You take out the dickish moves mm-hmm. and the dickish play, he's, he fits right in. It just, it's 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 irritating to me to watch a guy with that much skill spend so much time not using his skill. Yeah, I, I guess the comparison in, uh, in terms of how they play is... Marshand and Sean Avery. Now, Ugh, who who no. skill wise do you want on your team more, Marshand or Sean Avery? Sean, Sean Avery, I don't want on my team for literally any reason of anything. So that's that's any, exactly what I'm saying. So Marshand, I, I want Marshand on my team exactly if he's, he's going to play the game. So if you have so much talent, then why do you stoop to being Sean Avery when you could be? Sidney Crosby, Phil Kessel, Austin Matthews, exactly. whatever you choose. Okay, good. Right? Okay, I see where you're going That's with that. That's my yeah, point. Absolutely. 100%. I'm yeah. with you there. Like, no one should ever in life choose to be Sean Avery. That's the end of the 100%. <laughs> well, thank you, Doug, for your question. I appreciate that very, very much. And we're going to move on to the next one, which actually comes from Dave. Hi, Adam. Dave here. Simple question. I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, have been my whole life. Still waiting to see them hoist up the Stanley Cup. And obviously that didn't happen this year. Are they a victim of the success of the business? And what is it going to take for them to proceed farther in the playoffs? Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Well, thanks, Dave. I really appreciate the question. Um, uh, I guess we'll start with the, the business end of it. You're, the first part of your question is, are they a victim of, of the success of the business? And I would have to say wholeheartedly yes. Uh, and, and and I don't care if you mean the business of the NHL or the business of the Toronto Maple Leafs specifically, because I think yes to both. They are victims of both. The reason being, in Toronto specifically, they, you know, because they're they're a club that makes more money than any other professional sports team in in the continent, and and they've done that without making the playoffs. I think ninety percent of the time over the last fifteen years, something like that. <laughs> like how many times have they made the playoffs in the last fifteen years? Three, 
three or four. Yeah. So it's like 2013 and this year. Like, and they're still the top. Somewhat grossing, recently, they're still the top grossing professional sports team. So t- to me, w- when you're an ownership group and, and you're making money hand over fist, do you give a shit about winning? That's that's I think the question. Mm-hmm. What's your incentive to win a cup? If people are going to buy gear, you're sold out in your arena because 80% of the seats in your arena are corporate. Like, mm. do you care about winning or losing when you know that whether you win or lose, you're going to sell out essentially every single game for the next decade? Who cares, right? Now, that said, they are on the right path now with Shanahan in the front of, front of house. He's... He's cleaned house. He's brought on uh, Babcock. Lamarillo uh, did an amazing job, who's now stepping down, like, as he should, becoming a, a consultant. Toronto well, is poised. So, so we think he's going to be a consultant. Apparently he has some other offers. Well, but, he's got other offers. But, but I think but I the think, Leafs make the most sense for him. Absolutely. And, well, they make they make the most sense from an outside point of view. They may not... I, I, who knows what's running through Lamarillo? Yeah, I'm said, sure there's details, but but, but on from the, a hockey point, why, f- like why? Fair. Yeah, but but as a business, like Toronto is poised right now to have a lot of success. They yeah. have a lot of young talent that are actually clicking, not like what they used to. See what what Toronto always did was they had this amazing young talent and they would trade it away, and they would have this amazing young talent and they would trade it away. They would develop it for a couple of years, trade it away because it was currency, and nobody wants to pay that cap space when you're making money hand over fist. Who cares, right? But now mm-hmm. they've got this idea where now we have Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews, you know, Nylander. They have they have all these young players they have a core to work with going forward and thank goodness for Leafs fans and I am not one of those for the record but thank goodness for Leafs fans that they they got rid of Kessel and got rid of Fanuf because when they, they had at one point that was what they were building their entire franchise around was Fanuf and Kessel and Kessel is absolutely the second best player on almost every other team in the league. He is not the first best player on any other team in the league. Put him, Name a team where Kessel's your number one guy other than his Toronto days. Arizona. But, okay, that's fair. The okay, only other well played. Op- well played. The, well the well only played. other okay. options, just... <laughs> it's Oliver Ekman-Larsen, who's a defenseman, so that is a little bit different to try to build a team around than it would be uh, a left winger or a right winger or whatever Kessel plays, one of the wings. The other option is Clayton Keller, but he just got in the league this year. So, like, Kessel is already starting slightly to decline. Now, of course, he still is a great player, but, yeah, like, you're not going to build around Kessel with Clayton Keller. But, is my idea absolutely? And but yeah, I think Arizona is that that team. But but when it comes to back to the back to Dave's original question, yeah. like, are they a victim of success of the business? I think they have been up to now. But I really think that uh, the Shanahan hire was the beginning of the end of that BS. Oh yeah. I think that that era of thinking is on its way out the door. I think that there is an entirely new generation of Leafs fans who are tired of constantly losing and in spectacular fashion. Oh yeah. So I I think I think that as far as the business part is concerned, I think that is coming around, but up until now I would agree, yes, 100% they were victims of the business success. And I'm going to do my best to quickly cover what uh what you asked your second part of your question which was uh what do the Leafs have to do to, to have a chance at a cup? And I think the big one is defense because 
They have a goaltender in Frederick Anderson who uh, is fairly young and clearly a great goaltender. Um, he stole a couple of the games in Boston, but he didn't overall have a great series. Um, and they obviously have uh, some of the best forward group in the world with... Uh, the best top six. Probably the best top six. Um, there's probably a couple teams you could argue, but they're definitely in the top... They're, they're in the conversation for it, one of the it, best exactly. top six that, in the league. That's exactly where I'm going to stop that. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah, we don't want to delve too far into that. Exactly. Everybody knows that they're a great offensive team. Mm-hmm. I think their big problem is defense. And you ask any Leaf fan who uh, knows what they're talking about and actually watches the Leafs and cares, uh, they'll tell you the same thing. They have really one, one defenseman that they can actually kind of keep around and use as part of... Uh, what they have going now, and that's Morgan Riley. The other one is uh, Jake Gardner. Uh, everybody else is kind of mix and match, ho hum, whatever. Um, but I think if they can uh, get smarter and bigger and better defensively, then they'll have a shot. But until they do that, uh, I think it's just going to be make the playoffs, first round exit, maybe second round, depending on who they play. But they have to go through for the next few years teams like Boston, teams like Tampa Bay. So yeah, they definitely have challenges, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna echo uh, what Braden's saying and say d- defense is the key going forward to develop the back end to support mm-hmm. what they've done an amazing job building in the front. Yeah. So uh, the, that that that's uh, that's an amazing point. Thank the, you, Braden. The the final thing that I'll add quickly. Uh, I know you're trying to close this question off, but um, what you also have to realize as a Leaf fan is a lot of their young players are still on their entry level contracts. And what a lot of teams look at is while they're on their entry-level contract, it's almost a period of growth, right? You, you try to develop these players into NHL-caliber players that don't make these mistakes once they're on a real contract. And they still have a few years with Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander. So they have time before they even have to start worrying about, oh, no, we, have, we, we can't sign everybody, right? So they have that time window to at least grow these players. And that's something that teams especially the Leafs, need to look out for. Yeah, and that when those guys come out of their entry-level uh, contracts, what's that cap hit going to be? Oh, that, God. That's the, other, that's the other consideration that you have to worry about. But uh, it feels to me like Shanahan and Lamarillo, like they, they put a plan in place to make sure that that's taken care of. Oh, yeah, but for sure. Anyway, thanks again for that great question, Dave, and uh, we really appreciate that, so keep them coming. Next up, we have a question f- from uh, Amanda. I guess it's not so much a question. It's more of a more of a statement. I'll just let her say it. Did you see the Pittsburgh and Washington game last night? Did you see Ovechkin or Crosby get a shot on goal? No, you didn't. While Sydney still ended up with two points on the game from two assists, zero shots on goal for Sid the Kid. Hey, Amanda, thanks for your question. Um, I'm going to keep this one short and simple. So Sidney Crosby is widely considered the best player in the world, and Ovechkin is up there with him. Uh, that being said, uh, they don't even have to take a shot at the net for uh, for them to have an effect on the game, as you clearly could tell by Sidney Crosby having two points in two assists without a shot on net. Um, but the way that they kind of influence the game without even having to touch the puck, really, is even crazier for me uh, than even just having assists without shots on goal. Uh, for example, an earlier question, we talked about how... Um, Nicholas Backstrom had this uh, crazy saucer pass assist to TJ Oshie. Uh, what a lot of people don't realize is Ovechkin uh, contributed to that play just by moving himself farther from the net. 
to uh, his usual one-timer uh, area right at the top of the face-off circle. So f- when, when a player can just simply move their body somewhere else on the ice and affect the entire defensive kind of scheme almost of the opposition, you know that they have an effect on the game. How do you guys feel about uh, all the crap that Subban's been getting away with? Hey, thanks for your question. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't catch your name, so we'll just go with the uh, anonymous. Um, but yeah, thanks for your question. I'm going to throw this to Adam, let him answer. Um, well, b- basically, I think people give Subban way too much crap all of the time. Um, you know, when he was in Montreal, he did a lot of things on the ice where he deserved a lot of crap, and now he's in he's in a new place where he doesn't have to be the man he doesn't have to run the show he can literally just play his game and he's really really good at it he's doing a lot of great things uh he's gonna get crap wherever he goes because that's what star players get uh people give Sidney crosby crap all the time people give ovechkin crap all the time you have two games where you don't score points the media is all over you so Things like that, it doesn't matter who you are, they're going to come at you from whatever angle. And and Subban, as a personality, is very, very uh, out there. He's very he's got a very big personality. So so it's it's easy to, to think that, oh, this guy can take it, let's make him a bit of a punching bag. But at the same time, you know, the, the guy's one of the most skilled defensemen in the league playing on a team where they have arguably the best top six defense core in the league. So... You know, and, and he's, I would say, the cornerstone of that, especially after Weber's gone now because he, he, that was in that actual trade, yep. right? So they went from they replaced a cornerstone with a new cornerstone, hoping that, like, it would give a little different style and flair, and it, and it did. So what do I think about Subban getting all this crap? I think, I think that it's a little bit crap in and of itself. I think people just got to get over it and, keep, and move on. Yeah, I'll quickly chime in here. The, the two things that I uh, see in Subban is he is a lot different than most hockey players. Most hockey players, they don't want to talk to media. They don't want to they don't want to say too much. So it's a lot of, yeah, we had a good game, and uh, yeah, he's a good player, and that's about it. Whereas Subban, he's very boisterous and out there and loud and talkative, and he really is the opposite of the average hockey player. And the second part is, I want to hate Subban, and I want to, to whine and complain about him and all this stuff, especially when he plays the Jets. But um, <laughs> no bias there at all. No, no, of course not. No, no bias. Um, but you see, you see him in front of uh, like a, a hospital wing named after himself, with like whatever amount of money on some check. And then I think to myself, how do I hate this guy? Like I can't. I can't possibly hate him enough to discredit him donating all this money to charity and his time and all these things. So I want to say I hate Subban, but I, really I don't hate Subban. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, as, as some people just they, they love to hate certain people, mm-hmm. and and I was always that way with like pop stars, you know, like oh, yeah. musicians. 100%. So some people are like that with sports stars. Like there was there was a point where I was like, you know what? I've been trying to hate Justin Timberlake for years, but I I watched this interview of him on the Jonathan Ross show, and and it, I was just like, you know what? I I give up trying to hate this guy. And eventually, I think people will come to that conclusion with Subban. They're, they're, you know what? I just I I give up trying to hate this guy. This yeah. guy is too cool. Like he's he's too good a person. He. Mm-hmm. he you know, he, he has a great effect on the game. He's Get over it, I guess, is, is the real, the core of my message here is yeah, exactly. get over it. Yeah, the, the thing about Subban is, like, 
there's nothing bad enough that he does where he's going to instantly gain hate. For example, he doesn't do anything that Sean Avery does, really. Like, he does, but it's not to that extent. Um, he, he doesn't really play like Brad Marchand does. He doesn't really play like Tom Wilson does, where it's like dirty hits or whatever. He just plays the game, and people just don't like him because he's good at playing it. So it's, like, kind of unfortunate for him. Exactly. And, yeah, so I, I'm with you on that. We have one more... Uh, call to go on right now. We don't have time to do all the questions all the time, but uh, I do want to put this one on. This one's a bit of a personal one for me. Hi, Adam. I watched that game last night between Washington and Pittsburgh. It's getting a little rough. I would like to say uh, uh, thank you very much for that uh, comment, Mom. <laughs> that uh, for Aww. the record, everybody, they, yeah, that was my mom. Uh, so she she uh, she supports everything I do, and I love it. And uh, people need more moms like her. But um, to to her comment that that that's the nature of playoff hockey, and uh, it, it's funny to me seeing you so concerned about that uh, and saying it in such a, an articulated way when I've seen you literally try and jump the boards to attack referees because of penalties against me in in minor hockey. So. Uh, I know you're a passionate hockey fan, uh, which is why this is so funny to me. So thank you so much for the comment. I really appreciate it. And uh, I think that that does it for all the comments we're going to go through today. We don't want to make these too long. Our mailbag episodes, our Q&As, should be a little bit smaller uh, than our regular episodes. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back with a full episode later on. Uh, probably not today, though. I'm just going to say hi to Adam's mom. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye, guys.